Thanks for joining us today here at etag.tv online. We are glad to have you a part of our online campus to see what God uh, will do through this ministry in your life. We encourage you to prepare your heart from a message from Pastor Gary as he preaches about the Holy Spirit. I am so thankful for what God is doing in this hour, and I'm thankful for your partnership with the vision of taking this gospel uh, to people everywhere. By your faithful support, your prayers, your giving, uh, Evangel Temple is able to make a difference in many lives in many places. I just want to encourage you to continue and thank you for being a blessing to our vision and what God's given to us to share this good news. Well, I want you to stay tuned, invite your friends and loved ones to be a part, and let's see what God has for us through this exciting series on the Holy Spirit. Church! 
Just slip your hands up. He's faithful forever. Forever God. Understand. Sing it softly one more time. Chapter 2, verse 1, everyone look into the scriptures. I bless you for your worship of giving this morning. Thank you, worship team and choir. Today is part four and the conclusion of the sermon series on the Holy Spirit. But it is just the beginning of the outpouring and the move of God for the summer. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost isn't finished. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 In the Holy Scriptures in Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, everyone say all, all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly, I want you to say the word suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You may be seated. In part one, the Apostle Paul, filled and anointed of the Holy Ghost, goes to the city of Philippi where there is not a Christian church or synagogue. And he goes there to found and build a church. He meets Lydia by the river who was a businesswoman. She receives Christ. She is baptized in water. She is filled with the Holy Spirit and her household. How many are claiming household salvation? Lydia is then used, her finances, her resource, her talents to help found and build the church of Philippi. The Philippian church became widely known for its giving and supporting of other churches and the Christian causes throughout Europe. You are not in Evangel Temple by accident. God is placing people here who are going to help the work of God be established and the kingdom of God be established in greater dimension. Two promises are given to the Philippian church. Lydia is involved in the founding of that church. Two promises that we all claim. But it was given to a church that was a giving, supporting church. A church that was involved in helping get the kingdom of God and the ministries out. Number one, I can do all things through Christ. Number two, my God shall supply all your needs. A giving church will never go without because God will supply their needs. Amen. In part two, we looked at the wind of God. The wind only blew in one room, one place, one time, and upon one group of people. A people who are in one accord. Everybody say one accord. Not division. It matters where you locate yourself. Amen. The wind creates propulsion. There was a suddenly because of the wind. Supernatural propulsion is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying this summer. That there is going to be a supernatural propulsion by the wind of the Spirit of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to listen to the sound of the wind. Hear the sound of the wind. Allow the wind to touch your life. Because I believe in supernatural propulsion by the Holy Ghost, by the wind of God. These are the final months on the Hebrew calendar of the year 5775 which is the year of double-double. And I want everyone to claim and declare uh, that the summer of 2015, everybody say double-double. I believe that by the power of the Holy Ghost, things are going to happen and there's going to be suddenlies. Now in part two, and I've not referred to this since, but I want to say this, the Lord gave me a prophecy. And I, I spoke that forth two weeks ago today. That the Lord is releasing the Holy Spirit wind to blow in a mighty way. And what has been static will move. What has been blocked will open. What has been clogged will flow. That by the wind of God, the church will grow. That by the wind of God, multitudes will come. That by the wind of God, the Spirit of God is going to release finances. 
that sons will come from afar by the wind. Daughters will nurse at their mother's side by the wind of God. That the wind of God will stand up against false, deceiving winds of doctrine. That our nation will be touched by the wind of God, blowing upon it. Amen. That there will be a divine acceleration by the wind. Everybody say, let the wind blow. Part three, last Sunday, was the point of Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday, cloven tongues of fire sat upon each one, and they were all filled. It is the fire that empowers. It is the fire that cleanses. It is the fire that anoints. When Jesus ascended up on high and sat down at the right hand of the Father, he said to his disciples prior to that ascension, Greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father. How would that happen? Because he was sending back the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit of God would rest upon people, rest upon the, uh, this new birth church, uh, they would move forth in the demonstration and the power of the Spirit. Amen. And greater things would be accomplished. We need to arise to the urgency of the hour. was in my points last Sunday. That no man knows the day nor the hour of the return of the Lord. No man. We believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. That it is quite clear in the scriptures. We are living close to the coming of the Lord. We do not know the day nor the hour. But the Bible said you can know the times and the seasons. Amen. I said last Sunday and I'll say it again. I believe that America is going through a time of shaking. And it's more important to pray than ever. It's more important to, uh, to bend our knees and humble ourselves and call on the name of the Lord. This September will be the end of the Smita year. It will be the final of the four blood moons. It will be the third feast of the seven that God made requirement for people to go to the temple. And that will be the Feast of Tabernacles. May ends today. And as I said, the first days of May, watch the weather this month. And friends, it has been something to behold what has been happening in our nation concerning the weather. The third and final race of the American Pharaoh will take place this week for the Triple Crown. I just want to say that we're in the business of crowning Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we're going to declare his lordship. Amen. Point number one, I want to look at Acts chapter 2 because I see the nations represented in Acts chapter 2. When you look at these verses in chapter 2, you see that there were people from at least 15 or 16 different nations that are represented here. And they all had different mother tongues or tongues of ancestry to them. And they all find themselves in Jerusalem. The Feast of Pentecost has taken, is taking place. And because of the requirement to go to the feast, people have come from many nations. You see, when God said come and obey these three of the seven important feasts, people did. And they left their nations and they came to Jerusalem. The crowds would swell by hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, it, it is incredible. I've read varying accounts of how many people would have been present. But Jerusalem was filled and overflowing with people who had literally come from many nations. God is a God of nation. 
Amen. The church in heaven is of every tribe, every tongue, every nationality. I believe that the church on earth, when Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it, if the church is going to be like heaven, we got to look like heaven down here. Amen. And there ought to be people of every tribe, every tongue in the Lord's church on earth. Amen. And it says, verse 5, they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews who were devout. Everybody look at verse 5 of chapter 2. They'd come from the many nations. I would surmise that the 120 in the upper room that were speaking in tongues, probably God knew how many people would be in Jerusalem, and every person that was hearing, every person that was in earshot, there was somebody speaking in their ancestry tongue. And we know that to be the case of at least these who are identified, but there would have been many more nations in that historic setting and very well represented on the day of Pentecost by the, the people in the, the 120 that had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so all of these people, beginning with verse 5, uh, down through uh, verse 11, they're hearing people in tongues, and they say to them, Are not these all Galileans? That is not a slur against the Galileans, but it is recognizing that these Galileans did not have, they were not multilingual. They knew that. They were not scholars. They were not people that would have uh, known other languages. And are not all of these that we hear Galileans, and yet they're speaking in our native tongue, our ancestry tongue. This completely astounded all of these hearers in Jerusalem. It is spilled over out of the upper room and it became noised abroad and the city began to hear that something was happening. When the outpouring of the Holy Spirit touches our life, you're not going to be able to be quiet. We're, we're just going to have to share with people what God's been doing. Look at verse 11. It says what they were declaring. In tongues, they were declaring the wonderful works of God. How many have that in your Bible, in your scriptures? In tongues, in their ancestry tongues, these unlearned Galileans of other languages were speaking forth. So clearly, the Bible is showing a biblical pattern here that when you are praying in a tongue unlearned by you, but given the utterance given by the Holy Ghost, it was wonderful works of God. So you don't have to worry about what you're saying if the Holy Spirit is giving the utterance. It is glorifying God. Now look at verse 11. I want everybody to look here. It says, the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and some in doubt, and saying one to another, what is this all about? Verse 13, there were others that were mocking. Most of the commentaries I looked up Felt like this would have been the scribes and the Sadducees, the Pharisees uh, that were mocking this experience. And yet the scripture says Paul taught concerning tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, 22, that tongues would be a sign to the unbeliever. So to all of these unbelievers, tongues would be a sign to them. Sometimes we, we bring our, our friends and we bring our family and we bring them to church and, and we, we just silently wish, I just wish sister so-and-so wouldn't uh, speak in tongues today. I don't want to scare my friends off. Listen, that's not what 1 Corinthians 14, 22 says. 
it says the unbeliever will realize this is something supernatural happened. This is a work of God. It moved the city of Jerusalem. You've got all of these people who, who are not spiritual. They're not Christians. Uh, they're not acquainted with the Christian faith. And yet they're intrigued by what is going on and they're hearing the wonderful works of God. I just believe that when people see and, and sense the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, friends, it's not going to scare them away. It's going to want to make them a little closer to the fire. Verse 12, they saw something happening here. Verse 13, uh, others begin to mock. Verse 14, revival begins to break out in Jerusalem because Peter gets up and he starts preaching the word of God. Jerusalem was affected because of a Holy Ghost disciple who gets up and preaches the Word of God. You cannot have revival without the preaching of God's Word. And, you know, we taught this in one of the parts, friends, uh, that, that you can have all of the law, all of the Word, and, and if you're not careful, it can delve into legalism. You can have all of the Spirit and no Word, and you can be all emotional. And what is supposed to happen is we're supposed to have the Spirit and the Word and blend them together and you've got the anointed Word of God doing the works of God. And, and so it says here uh, that Peter stands up. Now Peter had been one that had denied the Lord. Somebody can put their self in those shoes and say, I've been there and done that. I've not always been faithful to my Christian witness and there have been times that I fail the Lord. Look at Thomas. He was one of the ones in the upper room. Thomas was doubting Thomas. Thomas Didymus, the twin. And yet he comes out of the, the upper room filled with the Holy Ghost and in a few years goes to India and plants at least seven churches. Another one that was in the upper room according to Matthew, uh, uh, Acts chapter 1 was Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, this wonderful woman that was given the privilege of being uh, uh, the mother uh, to, to bear the Christ child. I, I'm telling you, that was such a privilege for Mary to, and an honor for Mary, but she still needed the Holy Ghost. You know, this came alive in my spirit as I was studying Acts 1 because sometimes we want to put Mary on a pedestal and we forget she's identified in chapter 1 that she is in the upper room and she gets filled with the Holy Ghost and begins to speak with tongues. She needed what her son had declared. He had come to sin. That's a powerful truth. Mary needed the infilling of the Spirit. And if Mary... The mother of Jesus needed the infilling of the Spirit. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit in our life? So Peter, given to foot and mouth problems, stands up with the 11. Look at verse 14. He lifts up his voice and he says unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These men are not drunk with wine as ye suppose. The mocking of verse 13 was answered here in verse 15 and 16. They, they accused them of having been drunk uh, on wine and they, they mocked them as drunkards. I, I just wish that the world would look at the church today and see some things going on that they would say, they, they just look like uh, they've been drinking. 
there's, there's very little evidence in most churches of America uh, that we've got the fullness of the Holy Ghost going on. I, I'm, I'm talking about not natural carnal wine. I, I'm talking about the new wine being put in new wine skins. Amen. You see, the old wine skins can't contain the new wine of the Holy Ghost. You might be happy with some old carnal beverages, but I've got some new wine. And friends, when that new wine is put in new wine skins, it's going to cause the world to wonder what's he been doing. Where's he been drinking? I can promise you, well, I don't even want to go there. Amen. Amen. I just want to drink of the new wine, the kind that restores my soul, the kind that anoints my life, the kind that strengthens me, the kind that when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I know that heaven is listening. He answers in verse 15. These are not drunken as ye suppose. It's only the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that. Everybody say this is that. He is reminding them that the prophet Joel prophesied and declared in the last days God said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Verse 17 shall come to pass. I will pour out my spirit upon your sons and daughters. Here, every age demographic is seen. The young and the older. I enter a certain group of illustrious people. Their age demographic tomorrow. Amen. Amen. I have a birthday tomorrow. And uh, we, we cross over that line. But I want to tell you, that's the new 40. Amen. With the Holy Ghost anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. But every age demographic, look at verse 17. Sons and daughters are to receive this infilling. Young men seeing vision. Old men dreaming dreams. Somebody told me this morning, now I'm part of the category get to dream dreams. Amen. Amen. On my servants and on my handmaidens, you know, this is showing social status. That no matter what social status, the Spirit of God is still available. I'm telling you, God doesn't leave out nations and He doesn't leave out people, all people of all walks of life. You're a candidate for the infilling of the Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Ghost upon your life. And they shall prophesy. We talked about verse 19, 20 last week, but 21 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In just a few moments, I'm going to give an invitation. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to call on his name. If you've been allowing sin to come in your life, in just a moment, I'm going to give an altar call and allow you the opportunity, as some men did in the early service this morning, to come and to pray and ask God to remove every sin stain and wash their sins away as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The message that Peter preached in verse 22 and following, he preached that Jesus of Nazareth was approved by God, his miracles verified by God. Uh, you can't preach a better message than Jesus. 
Amen. I've been blessed by Franklin Graham's messages the last two nights, just declaring the simple gospel. And as he declared the simple gospel, hundreds of people, I got the report of how many people came to faith both nights in the auditorium, but then also online. I have not got the report from online last night, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people Friday night more than 16,000 computers on Friday night and hundreds of people on computer received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The gospel still works. And Peter preaches the message of Jesus beginning with verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by the miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands you've crucified and slain him. Verse 24, though, God raised him up. Hallelujah! Because it was not possible that death could hold him. Death could only hold him for a few short hours, friends, to accomplish the work of Jesus going into the underworld. And he who ascended is first he that descended into the lower parts and he preached to those that were captive. Before the resurrection, this is the divining point of history. Before the resurrection, every person that died in the Old Testament went to one or two places. Went to torment or separated by a great gulf, Abraham's bosom. That was prior to the resurrection of Christ. After his death and burial, during that time awaiting the resurrection, he descends into the lower parts and he preaches to those that are imprisoned in Abraham's bosom. So that he that descended has also ascended. And he has led, Paul said, captivity captive. He moved Abraham's bosom up on high. So that post-resurrection, if a saved man, as I will be preaching about tomorrow, if he dies and he is saved, he no longer goes into the lower parts of the earth, into Abraham's bosom, but he does what the apostle Paul says, to be absent from this body is to be present where my Lord is. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's ascended up on high. So that he did not make his bed in hell. Hell could not hold him. It is impossible that a grave could hold the eternal son of God. Hallelujah. That's why in verse 32 he says, This Jesus hath God raised up. Amen. And we are witnesses. We are testimonies to this. Verse 36. Everyone look at verse 36. Therefore let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you have crucified. He is Lord and he is Christ. I'm telling you, things are winding down. Things are coming to a head. This is not the hour to backslide. This is not the hour to be cold and indifferent. This is the hour to declare as with the scriptures here that he is both Lord and Christ. Look at verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts 
And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you too can have the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is to you, your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord shall call. Somebody say amen. Verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this unrepentant, sinful generation, this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day added unto them about 3,000 souls. Do it again. Lord, in the summer of 2015, do it again. Let a fresh Pentecost fall on Jacksonville, Florida. Let multitudes hear the gospel and repent and turn to Jesus. Sir, repent of your sin. I want the worship team to come back. Look at verse 42. You see the state of the, the church in the first century. They continued steadfastly. There's got to be some things that are unmovable in this hour. That word steadfastly in the Greek means that you have a made-up mind. You've got a determined nature. You're not going to shift with every wind of doctrine, everything that comes along. I, I want to tell you, if you want to make heaven your home, there comes a time that a man's got to, he, he's got to draw a line in the sand and he's got to just stand there and having done all to stand, I'm standing on the word of God. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk in the fullness of the spirit. Amen. I'm going to see my family serve God. You know, at important times when, when families are so important and families could shift and you could lose generational blessings, I've watched people slip and fall because the devil wants to affect not only your life but generations following you. And it's why it's important that they steadfastly continue. Look at what they continue. Here's four things I want to point out in closing. The apostle doc, apostles' doctrines. Sound teaching is more important today than ever because there's a lot of false winds of doctrines. The Bible says that in the last days that even it would be possible the very elect would be deceived. The winds of doctrine are blowing. False teaching is prevalent. They stayed steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, the doctrines of the Word of God. Look at the rest of this. And in fellowship, you're not an island unto yourself. You can't do Christianity. You can't do Christian life by yourself. You need the fellowship of brothers and sisters. I'm going to say it one more time. You need the fellowship of the saints. In breaking of bread, first, this means in holy communion. But it also has a context of the love feast that they had, uh, the fellowship dinners uh, the times that they would just break bread together and enjoy meals together. It wouldn't kill some of you to invite the preacher over to eat sometimes. Amen. It wouldn't kill some of you to have, have supper with some of the deacons and Sunday school teachers and, and other men and women of the faith that can come in your home and bless your home and, and join with you in prayer. I'm telling you, fellowship, breaking bread is important. 
That's why in the book of Hebrews it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. In the latter days, as you see all these things approaching, as the manner of some, don't forsake the assembling. Look at verse 42, prayers. Could not be a more critical hour for people to stay in tune praying and seeking God. Look at verse 43, fear came. Fear came upon every soul. The only way a man could come up to a church and break into a church and steal from the house of God. You know, the last person. I, I, I would never steal. I, I, I have gone through the teller lines and, and get out of the line and you've waited in line to go through and do your transaction. I get out of line and realize it gave me back $1 too much. I drive right back around, wait right in that line to get that $1 back. I'm not going to steal a dollar. But to steal from God and the house of God? People have lost reverence for the things of a holy God. And I fear God. I fear God. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done. When there is reverence, and there is doctrine, and there is pure fellowship, and there are prayers. I'm telling you, it is the catalyst for signs and wonders and miracles. And they sold their possessions and goods. People that came to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. This now has got weeks after Pentecost. And people have left their nations to come to the Feast. And they've just stayed on. Revival has broke out in the city. When revival breaks out, some of you were at Pensacola when the revival broke out in June of 95. And you've told me the stories how you just stayed. Well, this happened on Pentecost. And what had to take place, uh, they, they, the, the believers there and the revival that was going on, people just began to pull their resources. They made their homes available. They made common to all the things that they had extra and they began to resource so that they could put up the people who had stayed in for, from the nations they wanted to be a part of the awakening the revival I'm telling you there are going to be people coming from all over to Jacksonville, Florida more than 80 nations watched Jacksonville Friday night more than 80 nations thousands of people and as God's pouring out His Spirit and the revival intensifies in this city, friends, they had things common. They sold their possessions, the extra things they had. And, and they parted to men as they had needs. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple. It is stressed in chapter 1 and chapter 2 the importance of remaining in one accord. I want everyone to stand. That is an important statement in one, chapter 1, chapter 2. Breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with singleness and gladness of heart, praising God. And I want you to see this before I close. They had favor with all the people. The only people they did not have favor with were the religious crowd, scribes and the Pharisees. Because they're still in Jerusalem and they still would have killed, the, the same people that killed and crucified Jesus would stomp out, stamp out revival. They're, they've not gone anywhere. The religious crowd doesn't want the move of God. But they had favor with everybody else. 
I believe if we'll get this right and we'll get the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we'll walk in unity and we'll walk with such love and compassion. Steve Hill stood in this pulpit and he told us time and time again, he said, you've got to preach hell and you've got to preach hell hot, but you've got to have tears running down your cheeks showing men that you have compassion and you have love and you don't want to see men spend an eternity without Christ. They had favor. God can give us supernatural favor in the city of Jacksonville. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need the forgiveness of sin, I want you to move from where you're standing and come to the front right now. If you fail the Lord in the last few days, You've slipped up and you've sinned. I want you to come to the altar right now. From up in the balcony, under the balcony. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless your honesty. What about it, mama? What about it, dad? The summer of 2015 is not the summer to play games with God. You will see as these months progress. The May weather is just the first indicator. The Spirit of God is calling. If things are not right, if you fail the Lord, I want you to move from where you're standing. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer, if you've not given your life to Christ, the Spirit is calling you. I want you to move from where you're standing right now. I want you to move from where you're standing. God bless you, Mother. Come on. God bless you, sir. Come on, give this man a hand. Amen. God bless you, sir. Young person, school is out for the summer. Or will be in the next few days for everyone. God's looking for a generation of young people that are full of the Holy Ghost, full of the fire of God. I'd rather raise up a generation of young people that know their destiny and know the call of God and know the anointing of God, know the fire of God in their life to do works of Christ than to see a wasted generation. I, I looked over that large audience of young people that were responding to the gospel last night. They were streaming on that arena floor. I said, God, give us this generation. Don't let us lose this generation. Come on, Mama. Come on, Daddy. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you're a backslider, I just believe there's a backslider under the sound of my voice, and the Spirit of the Lord is beckoning to you. Come. Come. If you're a backslider, come. If you've been running, if you've been playing church, come. With every head bowed and every eye closed, come. Sing very softly. Very softly. Come. 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 God bless you, Mama. Come. I want every Christian that wants a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit on their life. You want a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I want you to come stand in this altar area right now. Come on. You want a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Come from all over this sanctuary. I want every person that has family member on your heart. And you know they're not where they ought to be. 
I want you to come and stand in their behalf right now. Son, daughter, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle. For thou, O Lord. Come on, press in real close. Press in real close. Save yourself from this untoward generation. I want everybody to slip your hands up. We're about to intercede for the lost. As they pray with these who've come, we're going to pray for the lost right now. If you've got a lost son, dad, it's time to see that son serve God. There's nothing that a dad could want more than to see his son, his daughter, serving the Lord on fire for God. I'm telling you, those are the things that mean the most. Slip your hands up. There with your family and friends. Slip your hands up. Worship the Lord. this sanctuary or online campus I want everybody to raise your hands and I want us to intercede for lost family members right now come on come on I want you to call their name in prayer right now call their name come on if it's your son John your your daughter uh, Abigail come on call their name right now come on they're gonna be saved we call them to repentance we call them to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus come on Lord we intercede we intercede for those that are wayward Oh, God, for our loved ones, for our children, our grandchildren, our family members. Lord, they're living out in the world. They're living out in sin. And in the natural, it, we don't see much movement. But God, in the spirit, we see them saved. We see them fulfilling their divine destiny. We see them full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in the spirit of God, anointed, serving the Lord prophesying, dreaming dreams, seeing visions. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Awaken our families. Lord, as Noah continued to build an ark, Lord, we know the flood is coming. We know the shaking is coming. We know, oh God, in the name of Jesus, awaken people. And let us sense, oh God, how important it is to get our family in before it's too late. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Before we're dismissed, 
I want us to pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Evangel Temple and in our homes and families. One more time, I want you to lift your hands and I want us to welcome the Holy Spirit. Come on, just welcome the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Wind of God. The fire of God. The breath of heaven. As the dove. As the dove of heaven. We court your presence. As the dove representing the Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come on, all across this room, online, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost now. Come on, be filled afresh. Be filled anew. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. One more time, everyone, sing it. Brother Jim Rayleigh called me this week. He said, do everything you can to encourage people to be here. He said, God has given me a message for this Sunday night to share with Evangel Temple. I want you back at 6 o'clock, and I want us to believe for great things, but we're going to walk in the power and the fullness of the Holy Ghost. I want Pastor Chris to come and dismiss us in prayer. Before you leave this morning, isn't it awesome to be in God's presence? Amen. We have a great church, and I had to intercept this microphone from Pastor Gary, uh, because we have a great church because we have great leadership. And uh, I, want us, I want us to celebrate our pastor. Uh, he labors a lot of hours for this church and the sheep of this church. I want us to show our appreciation to Pastor Gary. Tomorrow, tomorrow is his 60th birthday, his new 40. And uh, tonight, Tonight, we're holding a reception right in the foyer immediately following the 6 p.m. service. So there's two reasons to be here. For a Holy Ghost showdown with Jesus, with Pastor Jim Braley as he comes and preaches. And then immediately following the 6 p.m. service, we are going to celebrate Pastor Gary's birthday. And uh, please show him honor. Come, you can greet him then. You can bring cards and show him your appreciation. But I want you to be here tonight and let's show Pastor Gary how much we appreciate him. Come on, let's put your hands together and say happy birthday, Pastor Gary. Amen. Well, I'm going to close this in prayer. 
I would sing happy birthday, but I'm terrible at singing, so let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for a wonderful day in your presence. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that you show up in all of your power. I pray as you fill up your church today, God, let us go out of this place to restaurants, to wherever we go, and throughout this week, and be your witnesses unto all men. Lord, help us, Lord, to be able to tell this generation what time it is. Be prepared. Ready us, O oh God, to be your saints. God, your warriors of the faith. God, in the city of Jackson. But we love you. We thank you. And we thank you for Pastor Gary and Miss Kim and the blessing they are to not only Evangel Temple, but to the city of Jacksonville. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.